So in the gospel accounts of the transfiguration, Peter witnesses Jesus, Moses, and Elijah having a conversation. You know, there's that beautiful, we can't ever really see God's face, right? Moses had to be veiled. I always wanted to make a church of God's backside, right? When he runs past. Yes. <laughs> the church of the backside. <laughs> the church of the backside. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a shrine for everything. Why not there, that? You know. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode 187 of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Brian Burkoff, Shannon Weston, and Ogan Holder address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, and you know it, with a good brew in hand. And you could be drinking that good brew in one of our very own, or your very own, Pub Theology Live pint glass. Help provide meals for struggling families during this pandemic by giving $25 or more to nokidhungry.org, an organization that feeds folks around the country. Uh, DM us with proof of your donation. Again, $25 or more and your address, and we will ship one of these to you free of charge. So help us help the nation. $25 or more, nokidhungry.org. Yes. This week we'll be talking about surviving life offline. Offline, not on, but off. (laughs) Uh, Meeting our favorite religious greats and the beginning of Lent. So what are we drinking today, fellas? I'm still in the uh, Valentine's mood. Got me some uh, Prosecco nice. that uh, that we did not uh, finish up. And I was going to run out and get some beer today. It's actually a relatively mild day here in the D.C. area. It's about uh, 46, 47. Oh, and I just, got, I just got lazy. Um, oh, don't worry. The ice is coming tomorrow. We get, we get <laughs> it again tomorrow. Oh, it's <laughs> coming back, baby. It's coming <laughs> yeah. back. Uh, so I was like, hey, we got some Prosecco in the fridge. I will just uh, finish that off today. So, yeah. so yeah. nice. Awesome. Brian, what you got today? I am drinking uh, Tilted Earth Winter IPA by Arbor Brewing out of Ann Arbor uh, because it hasn't been even in the 20s and I don't know how long and we're just getting buried in snow. Whew. So I, I actually went out to find because Ogan um, a few weeks ago was drinking one of my favorite winter beers, um, the Flying Dog K9. And I couldn't find it because apparently somebody bought it all up. So I did buy another one of my favorite flying dogs, which is Bloodline. It's a blood orange ale. Oh, I love that one too. Um, It's super good. It it actually used to be one of my go-tos and for some reason it didn't. Um, What brings us together as brethren of good beer is a bitterness that runs through our veins. What makes you typically make goosebumps rise and send shivers up spines merely fuels our intense love of the craft. Cast away your fears, embrace the fire, and join the flock. Flying Dog Dog Brewery. There you go, friends. Cheers. Cheers to that. 
I thought you were reading question number one. And when you said, what brings us together as brethren? I'm like, did I write that? <laughs> it's like, that's, that's pretty preachy for a beer label. <laughs> it is pretty preachy for a beer label, especially like brethren. I just threw the cap across the room. Hey, did you guys, did you guys see that they found that it uh, was in Egypt, that, that, that historic, that like really old mass brewery site that they dug up? Did you guys hear about this? No. no, no. Yeah, I, I think it's in Egypt somewhere. I, you know, I nice. read it a couple of days ago. So did yeah, monks not of... invent beer then? <laughs> mm, interesting. Be shocking if Europeans stole that from Africa. <laughs> you mean <laughs> like everything shocking. else? <laughs> shocking. I oh, I see what you're doing. That was sarcasm. Okay, oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a late. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so what is, you know what, it tells me if I look, what is your favorite app on your phone and how often do you use your phone for making phone calls? Um, I I would say a lot, a lot of time on Instagram. Mm. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I think that's it. Like, I don't, I don't spend a lot of, as much, nearly as much time on Facebook or on Twitter, but it, it is social media. And uh, because of new projects I'm going to be rolling out soon. I'm making a lot of memes right now. So I'm, I'm logging a lot of time on Canva as well. So, um, and I got my favorite news app um, that I check a lot. It's called, I should know the name of it because I look at it every day, but my God, I'm having a smart news. So smart news is like a news aggregate app. So it pulls articles from, from, all new sources. Um, and I like it because it's not just, it gets me out of my like progressive news bubble. Cause it'll, it'll not that I need to be in any other news bubble, but it pulls a variety of new sources from all over the place. Right. Um, so I like to be informed in that way. So I think those are my three go-tos and my sports at the score. Cause I'm keeping up with basketball and the Australian open is happening right now and so Serena what makes killing it what makes that better than espn at for example what the score yeah um i find it's a it's a cleaner interface and yeah. um easier to navigate and part of it is also i've had it for so long that i've just kind of like know you know I, yeah. I know my way around it i can i can easily sort it by the sports that i like hide the ones i don't you know, sure. it's, it's just an interface I like better. So there you go. No games. Um, no, I'm not a big game on the phone. I have been, I have been knocking out some crosswords lately, um, but I'm not a big phone games on the phone anymore. I used to spend yep. hours, hours on Candy Crush and Angry Birds okay. and realized Fair that. You're, and you're I realized, out. yeah. And then I realized, wait, I have a child that needs to eat. So <laughs> I should, should maybe put those apps away. <laughs> Exactly. What were you guys? So mine is messaging, like text messaging is probably my most used app. Um, and then there's socials. Um, I check Facebook first. There's the emails that I check. Um, and after that, uh, it's a few things like I've got, I've got a um, I've got a couple games, but I've got a, um, it's called happy color and yes. I, it's just, you push one and then color all the one in and then push two. And, and it's just, it's mindless, you know, 
and it's, it's a little meditative even right? it is like um and so i just i can do it while tv's on or it just kind of lowers my blood pressure and it doesn't hurt my hand because i'm coloring <laughs> everything so exactly and it just you know and sometimes i create little pictures and then you can send them to people like you can text them to people or whatever so like on valentine's day i did one and text them to the kids and you know stuff like that so it's just i don't know that's a fun one but honestly my phone's become such work like work related um that it's just it's the boring stuff it's email it's texting it's messenger it's i i do facebook's my like if you swipe on the on the mat on the uh iphone if you swipe down it'll show you what you go to most often and and my let's see facebook messenger apparently walmart because that's where i get my groceries <laughs> and then there's airbnb because i'm constantly dreaming about where i can't go <laughs> It tells you your, wow, I don't know if mine does that. So, yeah, so oh. if I open my phone and then I swipe down, it does the search thing and it'll give me up to my top eight. It's not always your, it's your suggestions. So it's the ones you go to often or you've been to recently. Okay. Well, yeah. Brian, Brian, throwback, you did give your kid the good phone that time. Exactly. Um, that's why. That's, yeah, I'm still, with the, I'm still <laughs> using the Android over here. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. You guys that's remember not that. okay. Wow. We, well, we will never let you forget that. <laughs> no, your your kid has a better phone than I do. So, you know, there's that. Well, um, there you go. So what do you what do you go to? What's your go-to, Brian? Yeah, I mean, you know, the social medias uh certainly I use uh pretty frequently. Um and then sports, so I'll check ESPN or uh for local um I'll do the Detroit Free Press app because they do a nice job covering my local teams um i have a news aggregate like ogan but it's google news and they also pull from a bunch of different um you know sources and then put them for me to scroll through and so i can get local national global you know news and some of it's sports some of it's politics some of it's you know science weather so that's kind of a nice nice thing to have um, but the game i use the most is kind of a mindless one sort of like uh shannon was saying and this is one with a little ball that that you shoot a stream of balls into the colored bricks that have different numbers it's i like have that too <laughs> bricks breaker quest i think it's called yeah. and it i don't know why but it's a very soothing game and i'm on level like 600 something <laughs> mine's called one more brick one more brick <laughs> okay yeah similar and that's it's that same it's like one more <laughs> have you all have you all tried meditation i'm just putting it out there just, i'm not 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 casting casting dispersions i'm just my favorite meditation yes. app is uh insight timer because it's free mostly. oh everybody's on that i there use i use budify yeah um best bible app is our bible app if you Ooh. want progressive leaning um, good we stuff. might we might happen to know one of the persons who contribute to that. We might happen to we know might. somebody who last week has or for February has a series. Um, my husband has a series on um, black masculinity. Ooh. Or um, it's, it's good too. Um, so yeah, might have, uh, have to get that. Yeah. So so how often do you actually make phone calls on your phone? I mean, isn't it like one of the least things you use your phone for? It's not the least, yeah. um, but it 
texts because I work with people who don't text and, uh, you know, like need me to call them. Yeah. Um, I use it less now because I'm not in the car. I always used it in the car. Like, yeah, that's where I called people right. in the car. You know, I just I just realized when you mentioned car, I need a I need to revisit my most used app, Spotify, because music and podcasts are nope. on Spotify, and and I'm always if I'm not playing music, I'm listening to podcasts. Yes. Music sound in the background, and a lot of times, you know, I'm also using a desktop version, so maybe that's why I didn't think about it. But yeah, Spotify is getting a lot of time. Yeah. right now. Um, yeah, I use the Apple Music. Just I don't know. And and it had a lot of time on that. And um, I wanna wanna read some comments on yeah. folks are watching. Peter Crosby checking in from the Great White North. Um, given given how the country is right now, that could be anywhere. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm right, not sure. exactly. That I'm could be sure. Texas right, right now. North of the exactly. U.S. border, I think he's in Canada. <laughs> you, might, you might want to lower it down. Maybe, maybe, but I think anything north of Mexico right now is uh, under some sort of ice or snow alert. Um, listener Tony, uh, my friend, who says uh, Android is a superior phone and it's not even close. And Boom. he's on level 2142 of Bubble Witch 3. If a game's got that many levels. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> Jesus. Congratulations. <laughs> Holy crap. 2142. Wow. That's all that's, I got. That's great. That's great. Yeah, no, people, if like I, it came up in my memories like a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, friends, I need new games for my phone. And the list of like, I mean, people are all about their game apps and yes. I'm all over it. I'm like, that I, I played, speaking of like, I played um, Toy Blast for way longer than I should admit and <laughs> way too many hours and had to like, put it away you know like this needs to i like i'm like when can i play this again you know kind See, of see i saw too many ads for toy blast playing my other game right exactly and then you're like mm, i don't want right. to every once in a while i'll download a new i'll download a new app from that and it's just never as good it's just yeah. not as good i i wasn't kidding about neglecting the child there was a moment there was a time when joy came in and said what are we having for dinner? And and both Jennifer and I were like deep in Candy Crush. Right. <laughs> and we were like, fix yourself a bowl of cereal yeah. for right now. Yeah. We didn't want to, we were on a roll and we didn't want to stop. And it was Bridges bad. over there, child. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was right. bad. And that's maybe when we knew we might want to like yeah, back maybe away from we should the games. Go back a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, the, in the same vein, same idea. Um, could you live without the internet? Oh, um, if the internet somehow just disappeared, how would humanity adapt? Um, is prayer a spiritual equivalent to the internet? Well, our show is screwed. So. <laughs> We're done, hey, everybody. You had a good run, folks. Internet's gone. A meet in person now. <laughs> Flyer of the canvas the neighborhood with flyers, you know? There you that's go. That's right, that's right. Well, I mean, listen, we lived without the internet in sort of our lifetime. At least it wasn't commonplace, right? I mean, oh, we are, for sure. Yeah, we are. We are. We're, yeah, we're one of the last pre-internet generations. We are the last. We pretty much are the last generation that remembers when when the internet was not a commonplace, when computers were not commonplace in your home. So, so we 16. knew how to do that. I was 16 when we got internet in our house. I remember. 
Did you, did you guys did you guys remember the whole uh, put the put the phone headset in the in the modem thing? Did you have did you go that far back? No, it was modem, but it wasn't yeah. the phone. It was dial-up. The... Yeah. yeah, that's that's how we that's how we started. And I remember when we did that, like I knew only this is back in Barbados. I only knew one other person, a friend of mine, only one other person who also had a modem. So basically, we took our Commodore sixty fours. We, we fired up the modems and all we did was like type messages back and forward to each other. And a, usually about 15, 20 minutes is like, all right, this is, this is too much work. Let's just talk on the right. phone. So maybe right? so, but yeah. but it, just, it was just cool uh, yeah. sort of deal. It was like 12, 13, 14 years old yeah. at, at that point in time. So yes, I do. I think, I think we, we would be better off than I think most uh, folks who were born generation or two after us, right? Oh, I um, see. I, like those of us who live pre-internet would be better off than those who haven't. I thought you were saying right. we would be better off with no internet. With that, with no internet, right? Yeah, I know. Well, I'm going there too, and I was like, well, I mean, given what the internet's doing to us nowadays, you know, but I, I mean, actually, wouldn't? But we are so dependent. I mean, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to fathom like how what an impact that would be because so much of our lives is online. So much of what we do. And for better and for worse, right? Look yeah. at the misinformation campaigns right. that would not have gone on in the last four years if it wasn't for the internet, if it wasn't for social media. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's objectively just a tool like anything else and we can use it for good or we can use it for evil. I mean, but we'd be getting our time. next Netflix shows like DVDs in the mail. That'd be intolerable. <laughs> couldn't immediately go to the next one you know i you know i thought a lot Speak about for this. yourself i used to order like eight of those things and immediately go to the next one well i i do remember those days but sure i i i've actually thought about this a lot during the pandemic because of the spanish flu of 1918 right where i've like thought our churches shut down during that like how oh. what did they do how did they you know how different was it in the shutting down a hundred years ago than it is today? Um, and some of the scenarios I have are good and some of the scenarios I have are bad. You know, we've, we're less isolated because of it right now and things like that. But, but I will say this, the internet going down is the new snow day. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. I, the internet going down is like, I have a whole day. Like the problem is you don't really know it might come on at any minute, right? Like versus, you know, the snow days canceled the day, but I just, so, uh, you know, there's, there's elements there. Um, what I like to put down, I mean, I'll, I, what I like us, but like, would I like to put down my phone more? Yes. Would I also, could I live without it? Of course I could like, that's okay. Would you, would you want to, is the but I don't want to, like, I right. don't, and I, texting has been kind of revolutionary, right? For me, like to communicate with people that way. And to, now, could you still text if the internet didn't exist? You can, right? Because right? it yeah. goes over the texting. So it's a different technology, right? Yeah, it is. It's a cellular technology, and it's like, but that's where we go back to the word counts and the. And it's not going to sync up with my computer. You, my, you like, sound, Brian, like a very, very old man or like an eight-year-old right now. <laughs> What do you mean you don't need Tell me how these things work. (laughs) Well, that was the, that was the big argument back in the day, right? Was that like, it actually didn't cost the cellular companies any money for you to text, but they would charge you per text. Yeah. 
Ugh. And so like, it was like, it was free for them, but like they would yeah. charge, they wasn't would it, literally charge it, per text. Wasn't right? it like after a class action lawsuit or something? So people got together and sued the, the yeah. telephone companies for it. And then finally they, then, then all of a sudden it was a free, it was a feature, it was right? It's a feature. Oh, we have free texting. I'm like, it's always yeah, been free. <laughs> I, I lived overseas for a year after college and I remember my Nokia cell phone had unlimited texting when I lived in Turkey and then it came back to the States and like, Oh no, you got to pay for that. And I'm like, wait, what? Right. It's cause it actually didn't cost them any money and Americans are horrible. <laughs> Reading. It's true. So, awesome. so, so let's explain this one. Is prayer a spiritual equivalent to the internet? Brian, talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand that question. Maybe, and maybe it doesn't make sense. Okay, so I was thinking like the internet is is sort of like this this glue that keeps humanity connected to each other. It's like this communication medium. And so I was thinking like, is prayer sort of the the spiritual communication mechanism uh, with us and God, whereas the internet is sort of like our our communication medium to each other. I don't know. I, I was trying to make an analogy there. Maybe it doesn't work. So prayer is a series of wires and tubes is what you're saying <laughs> yes and it's like god gets all our prayers as emails and they go right to spam isn't that what um what which did that wait uh mr deity no um not evan what was the evan almighty the one before it the, oh bruce almighty oh, bruce, bruce almighty. almighty yes exactly that's the way it, like he all they they all came in an email form oh <laughs> The 90s, or was that 2000s? I don't even remember. Uh, yeah, probably that was mm, in the way yeah, maybe early 2000s. The early, I aughts. think I understand what you're saying by keeping us connected. Like, yes, prayer is a way that keeps us, like Ogan just said, like, have you all tried meditation? Like, it, you know, it's, yeah. I, I mean, you meditate people, long people, enough, you, you, you think, am I, I'm downloading, you could radiate something. the power of the I'm internet. downloading something right now. I was gonna say, people, to your point people people use prayer for different reasons and people understand prayer differently so so that's the issue for some people prayer is like you know begging god to make something happen for some people it's prayers a you know a, affirming who we are as divine beings for some people it's it's about just being in the silence being open for others it's like you know i didn't i didn't see results so prayer don't work so i'm done praying so it's it's I think my modem didn't dial up fast. Enough. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I think sort of like the internet, it's a, it's a tool and it depends on how we use it and how we define it and understand it. Um, what so, would happen to trolls if the internet and comment sections disappeared? They would just be mailing us letters to donate to the prince from Nigeria. Like, I mean, you know, listen, it's. I still all, get some of those. Do you all still get some of those? I, still I, get do. I do letters. sometimes. There's, there's like, really? like <laughs> all of this stuff existed before the internet. And right. so, it, you know, again, it's just, even, it's just a tool. Even yeah. misinformation campaigns, right? Like, right. Even for sure. Those, but. But it has certainly created the ability of corruption is much higher, right? right. The ability to, um, you know, those the algorithms and how they get out and how, what we see and what we don't see. And, you know, even, even our um, attempt to broaden through, we were just talking about apps, 
you know, that we still click on certain articles because it's from a certain news source, right? For like, sure. um, and so there's still something there. And, and, and you know what? Okay. Well, I don't want to take this too far, but like prayer work, like Ogan just said, like we all use it differently. We're going to, it's, it is based on the user, you know, and we're going to figure it out. So I don't know. Okay. Maybe that went See, weird. Different forms of prayer, like different apps, you know, you just, there you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so last Sunday, for those of us that follow a liturgical calendar was a uh, transfiguration Sunday. So in the gospel accounts of the transfiguration, Peter witnesses Jesus, Moses, and Elijah having a conversation. What, what three religious giants from history would you like to witness having a conversation? What do you think was happening on that mountaintop? Hmm. I was stuck on this for a little while. But then what I would like to see is like all the figureheads of major religions. So like Jesus you know, Buddha, a.k.a. Siddhartha, like just all the figureheads of these major religions, knowing what they know now about what's happened to their teachings, like them getting together and having a conversation. Ooh, having the conversation about like, like what can you they see do what they did? Yeah. What yeah. do they know now about what's happened to their religion? <laughs> sure, that's right? another like, question. <laughs> that's a whole other question. But that's that's what I would really yeah. like to see them like kvetching about this or, or you that know, would how be we. Awesome. Yeah, how we've taken what reportedly they said and and you know how many how many denominations segments of Christianity are they based on Jesus teachings all over the place you know and and they all purport they all purport to reflect yeah an understanding of supposedly what Jesus said and and historically you know when you look at how the bible is composed and bible history there's there's always that question about did Jesus actually say this? What words were put into Jesus' mouth versus what words were actually heard and passed down and misinterpreted? What did he really awesome. mean? What is that? What did he mean when he said this? That whole sort of thing. So it would be fun for for them to show up and like just have this like you know big webinar on Zoom over the internet and just clear all the shit up. Yeah, everyone. I mean, we, we would have all them be as disappointed guests for a special episode. <laughs> yeah. We would definitely have them as guests as for a special episode, for sure. And we would all be disappointed, too, because they'd say stuff and we're like, oh, wow, did we get that wrong? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's an area. I And again, oh, to be a fly on the wall for so many conversations, right? Like over and over again. But um, Brian, did you have any three in mind specifically? Well, I mean, similar along the lines of, of Ogan. I mean, I certainly like two of the three that Peter got to, wit got to witness, Jesus and Moses, um, you know, giants in their respective traditions. Uh, and yeah, I think looping in some, some folks from other uh, religions would be pretty powerful as well. Um, but it's just, for me, it was like thinking about Peter sitting there, you know, seeing this unfold and like how much did he overhear and man could you have written some of that down at least so we could get the crib notes you know like we don't get any of the conversation as recorded in the gospels and you just you just would love to know what was how high were they was it altitude sickness producing a hallucination and was it or was it like a vision that peter had that wasn't real right so that gets into the what, what was really happening on the mountaintop you know like, well there 
James and John were also there. So well, that's true. You know, that's it. I um, think I think Jesus dialed up to heaven and said, "Listen, I don't know how you guys back in the day dealt with these people, but I could use some help right now." That's what I think that conversation was about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moses was like, "Hey, I, you know what? I, I didn't even want to go into promised land with them because <laughs> I, I had enough." Yeah. Moses says, "I yeah. asked God to smite them all and start over." Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, these are definitely like um, three with infinite amounts of patience, right? And <laughs> kind of yeah, saying, seriously. Like, okay, we're going to lead despite their mass stupidity. Um, we're just going to keep going. Um, yeah, I, th I think there's some, you know, uh, more recent kind of historical figures um our kids were are obsessed with hamilton um and this summer we watched it you know and listened to it a bazillion times and in it there's a line about his his grandfather was a fire and brimstone pre preacher and they were like who is what are, what's he tight and we were like well his aaron burr's grandfather was um jonathan edwards and Jonathan Edwards kind of founded evangelicalism, right? Like in the United States and, 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 you know, so there's part of me that's like, same kind of thing. Like, I want to sit down Jonathan Edwards and be like, what were you thinking? Like, why did you do this to us? You know? Um, and, and there were other people involved in that movement as well, but you know, there's that side of it. There's also like how, um, really like getting Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in a room to talk about their faith. Right. Ooh, yeah. Like, cause yes, they're the fathers of the civil rights movement, but they were two very strong faith leaders and, and yeah. we've demonized Malcolm X so much. We really forget like the rooting of his faith in that. And just, just to be able to like sit down and have this conversation of like, how's your faith play into all this? And, you know, and of course it's, I mean, steeped in it. Everything they did was steeped in their faith. And especially in the later years of his life, how he really, you know, after, after his, his, his trip to, you know, the pilgrimage, the pilgrimage how he yeah. shifted around and become, and became so much more of a, 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 a voice for peace and unity versus yes. like, you know, what, what he was doing before. We don't, we don't hear enough about that. Right. Side of Malcolm X. We always hear. About well, the, or you the, hear the something end. like, oh, him and like, they kind of got to a similar place at the end. You know, they were both kind of on these extremes and they mm -hmm. kind of met, they found their, and I was like, yeah, like we, cause we don't want to think about, we don't want to think about MLK becoming a little more radicalized. Right. And we don't right. want to think about, you know, the, anyway, I just, I want to have the faith conversation. I want to have a faith, I want to have a conversation with Reinhold Niebuhr, right? Like what, what was going on here? Let, let's talk about this. And I want to sit down with Paul Tillich and who are, these are theologians by the way, and sit there and go, okay, so let's talk about this woman that you have in the apartment for, you know, 30 years. Like, do you think that affects the way we view you or faith at all? Like what's going on here? You're going there, aren't you? Wow. wow. You, you write these beautifully, poetic like amazing things about god in our theology what am i supposed to do with that you know oh. 
I want to have that conversation. Yeah, I want to have that conversation. You know why she was there. Listener uh, Tony, or watcher, viewer at this point, he says, I would love to talk to Jesus about atheism, not in a combative way, but just two people talking. Yeah. Nice. And I actually think Jesus has that conversation several times, you know. Oh, I'm sure he does. Hey, you know what? So I actually just found out, talk about the uh, late to the party, you know, theologian that I am how the word atheism really came into being and it was around uh folks in rome not believing that yes. caesars were yep. were gods yeah right and the Late christians the were called atheists right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and that's what i mean i think he has that conversation i think there are biblical examples of him having the atheism discussion you know um but anyway yeah i just i I think, but getting to the, like, what do I think would happen in those moments? And what do I think happened on that mountaintop is, you know, there's that beautiful, um, we can't ever really see God's face, right? Moses had to be veiled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, I always wanted to make a church of God's backside, right? When he runs past. Yes. <laughs> the church of the backside. <laughs> the church of the backside. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a shrine for everything. Why not there, that? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and all the statues are turned around, you know, um, but, but like, um, but why not in those conversations, at least in my experience, you know, those are, that's the, where two or three are gathered, right? Like, and what happened on that mountaintop was two or three were gathered and they witnessed, the beauty of equals or not equals with Jesus, but you understand what I'm saying. Like the giants of this talking and talking what I assumed to be, if that's really what was happening, let's just assume it was, you know, um, in this very honest and real way, right? Like they've got the divine secret that nobody else has. These are the only people you can be truly open and honest with. You know, you're not teaching Moses anything. You're not teaching Elijah anything. You're, you're just with them in that moment. And there's something maybe, pure about that. And maybe be, Moses and Elijah are like, don't worry, dude. Won't be long for your hair with us. Just <laughs> Moses is like, Gee, you Spoiler know, Jesus. Alert. Moses says, you know, Jesus, every time you say, you have heard it said, but I say to you, I just cringe a little. <laughs> yeah, like, what was wrong with what I said? Come yeah. on. <laughs> you think I didn't already get that? Read I also can't not read this story and not think of Star Wars at the end where, like, the hologram people show up and... Wow. Vader and Very uh, good. you know yeah. I, I just I can't not and Obi-Wan and uh I don't know that's where I am um but <laughs> I like to show that picture every year and they just laugh and you know that's awesome. also the one the one although I didn't do it this time because I don't have a recording of it um I, they can sing shine Jesus shine on that Sunday and that's it that's all they get oh man nope just that one just that one <laughs> One Sunday, you get it. One. Wow, that's very generous of you. I I, I think so. It like, is. I really, <laughs> is that, there's no way that's happening at my. Church. Yeah, I know, but you know. I still, I'm still scarred by that one. We're we are not dictators at all. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a list. I have a list. So Christianity has historically held that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. What does that mean that Jesus during his life was omnipotent and omni, omni, say it, omniscient, 
Thank so, you. So the question is, does that mean that Jesus was omnipotent oh, and omniscient? Oh, excuse me. That's okay. Does that mean? Was he a know-it-all as a kid growing up? Yes, I totally believe that. Totally. <laughs> um, or if he gave up his divinity while he was human, does that mean he regained his divinity as soon as he died? Mm. Mm. So having unlimited cosmic power um, having you know unlimited power and blah 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 and knowing everything right does that yeah. mean that during yes. his, that he had those two things and if you knew everything why first century you know uh middle east like why not now with the internet when you could get your mess i'm tying it all together when you can reach more people faster right why why then Ah, well, so that, yeah, that gets to a question of just timing of, of arrival and, and birth and the, the grand Seriously, plan. why show up, why show up in an occupied nation, <laughs> right? That's why. <laughs> the answer to your own question. <laughs> why make it harder on yourself? This is why on, why, why, if you could show up at, with a message at any time in, in the whole span of human history wow. with your idea, like why then, right? Yeah. Like if I could sit with Jesus, that's the question I would ask him. If you could have showed up at why not now, you know, you would, you would be a sensation on the internet. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so have y'all ever read- He'd be blocked Gnostic by Twitter. No, read, yeah, Twitter. exactly. Have y'all ever read the Gnostic gospels? Um, the, like the infancy gospels? Um, like I've There's, read about parts them. Of them. <laughs> okay, there is this story in the infancy gospel of Thomas, which every time somebody says something about Jesus as a little kid, I can't not help myself from remembering this story. So the infancy gospel of Thomas tells this story where Jesus is a kid, like eight, nine years old, and he's playing with this other kid on this rooftop. And the kid trips and falls off the rooftop and dies, right? And then um, <laughs> the parents come and they blame Jesus that like Jesus pushed him off the roof or blah, 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 right? And there's this big argument and Jesus is like, no, I didn't, he fell. So he resurrects the kid so the kid can tell his parents that he fell and then he kills him again. <laughs> ah, no. Love it. Love it. Oh, what? I'm really uh, not I, in trouble. That's horrible. That is horrible. Wow. So it's like just to prove my point, <laughs> like wow. So he was petty and omniscient. Exactly. I was like, what? That's on brand. The uh, my <laughs> did you guys read? Um, I'm sure you have. Um, it's a fictionalization, of course. Uh, Lamb, the Gospel According to Biff. Um, like I, I know Moore. of it. Yeah, it's 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 a hilarious um, novelization of Jesus's life, but but it takes this approach as well. But as a kid, he hasn't quite got a handle on his powers yet. Yes, so exactly. like he tries to resurrect some dude, but doesn't do it fully. So there's like half the kid body walking around. <laughs> so it's I mean, scaring people and they're like, just put him back, just put him back. <laughs> I try to think about, so here's the thing about this question. Like I try to think about kids who are spiritually mature, not so much that they're know-it-alls, right? But there is a wisdom to them. Yeah, a deep, a deep knowing and maturity. Yeah. So I don't, I don't actually know that he was a know-it-all because I, I don't, the, what I witness in those children is something, they're very emotionally intelligent, right? That yeah. 
So you don't go to know it all because you don't need to, right? You're very intuitive about what the other person and, but um, yeah, so I, I don't know about that. I just, this is a, this is always a difficult question. And I guess in my mind, the way it happened was it's not like you lose your divinity because nobody loses divinity on earth, right? right? You don't become separate from God. That doesn't happen. Right. And yet just the nature of humanity, you had to come into that, right? There had to be a learning process. So, yeah, so for me, sorry, go ahead, Brian. Well, I was going to say, I mean, isn't the, the traditional theological idea of kenosis that Jesus emptied himself of these divine traits in becoming human? And that was part of the sacrifice was just showing up, uh, let alone how things were going to play out. Well, if he emptied himself, I don't, here's why I don't buy into that, because if he emptied himself, then, then how was he able to do the things that he did that nobody else could do? I think that was part of, uh. so, so for me though, um, I, I, I add the words in potential. So Jesus was fully human and fully divine in potential, just like we all are that that's there. And as we, as we allow that to evolve in us and a picture in us, then, then that's how we kind of live more from that divine place. And in over, over the entire expanse of humanity, some people have been able to do that more than others, like Jesus, like Siddhartha, like name any avatar that you can think of. They, that divine potential that's in us all, as Shannon said, you never, you're never separate from it, but you don't realize it. Um, and, and you can, you can grow that, you can, you can mature that you can, you can, you can live from that. And then when you do that, you, you, you are more compassionate. You walk the, in the world more from a place of love. You, you kind of do miraculous things, or at least have a miraculous experience of life, miraculous in other people's eyes, you know, uh, like Ava says to me all the time, I, her favorite thing is like, like. I, I, I was struggling with this decision, for example, to, to, to quit my current ministerial job and, and, and start this new project. But from the day I made up my mind that that's what I'm doing and heading that direction, like, like things have been like stupidly fallen into place. And she's like, I, just, I can't with you and, and how things are just like you're in this flow. And I'm like, this is, not, this is how it's supposed to work. When, when we tap into the divine potential that we are, it looks miraculous to other people because that's not that's not our common way of doing things, but I believe that's what Jesus meant when he said, these things you should do in greater, you know, that live in that divine potential. Shit will happen that you'll think like, well, where'd that come from? No, it's the way it's supposed to work. Next week, you're going to be, you're going to bring a glass of wine to the show and we want to see. <laughs> Don't test me, man. Water, glass of water. Glass of water. Listen, I already, I brought the wine already, man. You brought the wine. Oh, you did that pre-show. Pre right, pre-show. <laughs> he made the bottle and everything. Um, I'm teasing, man. That's really cool to hear. <laughs> no, I just, I, I think there's, I think it can be, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, it can be all of the above, right? Sure. There, I, it's the, it's, this is the great mystery, right? There's this idea of fully human, fully divine, like the fully gets in the way. I don't and and right so i go back to these questions of like then why go to the desert 
for 40 days if everything was just there because then the why the pray at all the rest of the town was too peopley you just had to, you had to get away sometimes Listen, you have I to get away <laughs> i i understand the impulse don't get me wrong exactly. <laughs> but like you know like i just i think so that's it he isn't that it like you can have you can be fully god and fully human and have to function in the world yeah and the Absolutely. world is messed up and that does some stuff to you even if you're god yeah. and <laughs> like, and right. and the world's messed up because because we are mostly living from the human not the, the divine human. yeah 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 no i i'm so 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 the other parts of the question about being a kid do no i don't i don't think he was fully aware of this divine potential as a kid i'm making all this up i think like everybody else he had to grow into this otherwise you know what uh, it he didn't you know, know when, the when, theory of relativity or how to invent an iphone no exactly right well, like, but again why did he resist mary in talk about the water into wine why why like woman my time hasn't come yet you know why do all that if you're good to go you know like well i mean again it's you know what's the question is, is what was written, what really happened? Right. And um, so, so, so we got, we got, we got to come back to that. When did his ministry start? He was 30. What was he doing for the first 30 years of his life? Who the hell knows? Right. We don't, we don't know, but I think what he was doing was coming into awakening that potential within him. I'm sure there was some trial and error, you know, there's this back to the book lamb, you know, there's this, there's this great, there's this great story where, you know, again, all fiction, but it makes you wonder where he, where he wants to experience sex without having sex. So he has his friend have sex with a prostitute in like, you know, like a, a stall in a barn or something. And he's in the adjoining stall listening to, to try and it's weird, but, but then he asks him, what was it like? And what did it feel like? You know, so it's, it's, is this whole idea of, was he as a, a child or young man curious about life and all this? I believe that he was. I think he um, went through the you same. Know, there human were a lot more theory. animals around in their lives then. I think they knew how it worked. <laughs> they, were, they all slept yeah, in the same room. I think they knew. I think they knew I'm, how. Hey, I didn't write the book. All right. Don't, and doesn't don't every teenager ask that question or whatever? Like, so what does that feel like? You know, like it's just it, that's the natural course of life. But that's and that's my whole point. That's the point I'm making. That's yeah. that's the fully human part of him growing up and maturing like any other human. But really, I think being more in touch with that divine potential and realizing there's a there's I'm not seeing the world like everybody else. What is this about? Is there, you know, and and again. I hate quoting this story because it's all fictional, but being aware of that, he asked his mother, why am I seeing the world differently than everybody else? Why am I experiencing mm -hmm. the world differently? And she says to him, I don't know, but if you want to ask some people, these three dudes showed up shortly after you were born, <laughs> coming in from the East. Maybe they got some answers because they said some things about you that are happening and perhaps you're, you might want to check them out. So in the novel, Jesus trapes over, you know, there's that theory that in those That's extremely years, patriarchal novel given that Mary, what Mary knew, like and <laughs> Mary did, was the first to portray. But did she know though? Did she know? Did she know? So they have him go East and learn from the, the Eastern traditions, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, cause that's, that's one of the running theories. Okay. That, so very, this is, this that. is getting a little Dante's Inferno. Like we're about, <laughs> we're making this work of fiction into something that's, you know, real. There's more um, truth in fiction than 
we let on. I'm just going to say that. Maybe, maybe that's, you know. So each year, which um, we're Me, And ultimately on. the Bible fiction, but that's a whole other conversation for another <laughs> A whole show. other conversation. So we're recording on Tuesday. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. Each year on Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent and is always 46 days before Easter Sunday. Lent is a 40-day season because we take out the Sundays, the little Easter's. Um, marked by repentance, fasting, reflection, and ultimately celebration. Discuss any plans you have for Lent or special meaning you hope to discover while observing Lent during a pandemic. I actually want to say I read something for um, a, a status update from somebody the other day that I, I actually, when I read this, I kind of wanted to just name and she said she went to the grocery store and there was Easter candy out because, it, you know, we're three seconds after Valentine's Day. So there's Easter candy out. Right. And she said, you know, I because all this happened during right before Easter last year, like it was a little triggering to see that. And I didn't I wasn't expecting that, you know. And so I actually I read that last part going, I actually need to acknowledge the fact that this season is going to be a little, um, it's, it's going to be struggled. I'm going to struggle with it for a while just because that's what happened during it. You know? Yes. Yeah. Our, our last, last, our last, whole last year felt like Lent. <laughs> well, ex right. That last year was the lentiest Lent that ever Lented. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Ogan. I didn't mean no. to cut you off. We, our last in-person service was like the second Sunday of Lent. Second 2020. Yeah. Yep. So it, it just has that, you know, so even as we begin to talk about this, I need to just acknowledge, even to myself, even just remind myself, like, we may not have hit the year date yet, we will in Lent, but like, yep. mm -hmm. my mind, we're hitting the year date because it's Lent, you know, we're about to yeah. be about to be Lent. Yeah, we've, we've, we gave up so much in so many ways last year, literally and figuratively. And I think the thing that I mean, we've mentioned it before that folks aren't really acknowledging. It's like, we're all going through a collective grief and yes. it is, and is harsh. And I feel in a weird way, it's gonna be really tough to talk about sacrifice and, mm -hmm. and Jesus and death and, and resurrection is really gonna have a weird twist this year because, you know, how many, how many of us have lost people? in the last year that are not coming back. We've, you know, we've lost the way of life. It's, it's, it's like, I, I haven't wrapped my mind around where I'm going with this, this year. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough place to be right now. Yeah. So we're, I'm, I'm actually, um, I feel really good about this. I feel really focused about this Lent. Um, I, I developed a series for the church, which I'm also doing with a group of friends um, separately um, on um, it's, we're, it's a series on living one day at a time. It's a series on using the discernment tool of the 12 steps. Um, not so much about a specific alcohol or drugs or, you know, but to, to acknowledge that there are things from pre-pandemic life that were not working, that we were dependent on, um, that, and that there was life before pre-pandemic became unmanageable. 
um, and that we have learned about ourselves during this time. So it's kind of a, it's a five-part series. I'm having conversations with friends um, and working through this to help us make decisions about what intentionally do we want our lives to look like on the other side of pandemic? Um, and how do we how do we walk through that together? How do we put those steps in place together? Because um, ultimately that begins with the powerlessness and recognizing that there is God, we need God in our lives and walks through um, and ultimately walks through right together. It's, that's what. Yeah. And I, and I like that because, you know, Lent anyway is a season for introspection exactly. and you could say it, you could say, as Ogan said, we had just a year of it, but on the other hand, like, I think the human thing is to sort of fall into our dependencies, right? Whether it's, you know, more TV or whatever it might be. And, and Lent gives us permission to take that extra time to really be intentional and think about what is working, what isn't working, what can I let go Yeah, of? and this vaccine, which has been amazing that, I mean, it, the rollout's hard, but like um, it's put a time limit on that work, right? Yep. It's not gonna come soon enough, don't get me wrong. Like we're not gonna just break out of this real fast, but it's put a time limit on that. And it said, we only have this much more time to really do this work. And this work's going to take a while. Um, yeah. So we're doing that. I'm also like, uh, Derek and I always do a devotional together. I'm looking forward to that again this year. Um, I've also, I've, I fully admit this. I am, I am using a Lenten discipline as an excuse to clean my house. Just going to put that out there. Um, Love it. I have been looking at these piles around my house, this whole pandemic going, I've been home this whole time. Why haven't I dealt with these piles, right? And um, so I made a list of 40 different, some are very small piles, some are very large, like closets, you know. Um, I made a list of 40 places and one a day, just organize that. Cause that's one of the like, I don't wanna be done with this pandemic and then not have, have done that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's, that raises an interesting point because why not, right? We, we've been put in this pressure on ourselves that we, you know, we're home, those of us who, who are home. So therefore it means we should not have, the house shouldn't look like this or we should do no, something like this. my house looks like this because we're home, right? Exactly. Like <laughs> there's this, there's a great, I don't know if you guys watched uh, The Daily Show last night, but there was a great sketch where they're like on a four-way Zoom call and three of them are like, yeah, I was in the pandemic. I learned how to paint. I learned how to crochet and speak languages and so on. And and poor Ronnie Chang is like, yeah, I just sat here numb <laughs> for the whole time. And I'm like, that's okay too, right? right? I mean, yeah. this has been like something we haven't encountered before and we're all gonna respond differently. And, you know, I, I like, I can tell you how pissed off I was every time I saw another damn loaf of sourdough on the internet, you know, no offense to Derek and his wonderful bacon, but oh my I'm gosh, just- But he was baking pre-pandemic. He was- That is true. That's what I'm saying, right, right, right. So, you know, but I'm and just like, delicious. there was this, <laughs> there was this, they felt like there was this pressure you know, yes. and, oh, of course. right. Yeah. And I think, and I think in some ways also to bring it back to Lent, um, there's there, you know, there's a fine line between invitation and, and pressure, right? So Lent is this season where, where yes, we are invited to take that, take stock 
and go like, you know, you know, what's not serving us? What can we surrender? What can we sacrifice so that we can feel more connected to, to God and divinity? And I mean, I ain't mad at people who don't want to do it right now because well, <laughs> seriously. That's, that's part of the, the inner work is I can't do this for you, right? I right. can, so like even this series yeah. for me, it's like, I'm, I'm laying the tools out there, but I can't do this for you. You know, this isn't, this isn't cross that pile off your list kind of thing. Right. And, and for me right now, I need something tangible as well. Right. I need to do something tangible that I can cross. You off need to cross the 40 piles off. I really do. Oh my God. I really, <laughs> um, I just need the 40 piles to be dealt with. And, but you understand what I'm saying? Like both yeah. of those are okay. That's fine. Yes. Yep. So and Brian, I, think what you... I think it's really easy it's during this time. Like I've had moments where I've looked at this past year and thought, oh man, I could have done this, this, and this, or look what so-and-so did. And I feel bad. I didn't really, you know, utilize the time in the same way. And it's like, you you know, you have to let go of that, right? You have to tune into what what's invited for me. And I think that's what Lent gives us permission to do, right? To figure out what to let go of and what to invite in. Yeah. Um, so so that's really, you know. Also, uh, you were running for office for nine months of that. <laughs> well, you know, there was that, there was that. I mean, yes, your wife remodeled the entire house and built <laughs> your son built these things, but like you get a pass as well. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, all of us. I think they did those things because he was running. Sure. I, but, but that's actually what I wanted to name too, is that not all of those kind of things are healthy, right? Like, yes, they're productive and that's good, but yeah, you know, some of it comes down to, I recorded the first step today. So I'm a little in that, you know, like I need to control something. So I'm going to remodel or I'm going to bake bread or I'm, you know, and that's okay. Like, that's really okay. But it's not all, look at my- shame on those who didn't do that. Exactly. Let's not shame those who didn't do it. And let's not also assume that everybody who did it was doing it for the right reason, right? Like- Right. If you're doing it as an avoidance. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so so example, example. So I'm preparing this Ash Wednesday service and I found a song that Christy had recorded like five or six years ago. And I remember this was when our office was, my office was in our bedroom and we had a little piano in there and Christy's trying to lay the piano track down and I'm recording this and the kids are being loud elsewhere in the house. And I kept recording and we are both like screaming at the kids and then she's going to record this contemplative piano. So it's like (laughs) people only heard the final product, but I hadn't realized we had recorded that five years ago and it just made me laugh because that's life, right? That's life. That's the life part. Yep. That's the life part. And, and again, you know, so I, and I just, just cause I talked about it, I'll put the link up on the on our page because the conversations so there's a worship part of it but there's conversations that i'm having that are available to anybody um because i just i do feel if you're ready to do this work now's the time and collectively as a society if we don't do it now we're not going to do it so Mm -hmm. i'm just kind of trying to do my part in that um so i but yeah this this lent do what you can you know it just I'm also, I'm feeling a little bit of that pressure. Like, Ogan, you've put this pressure on me. It's not your fault. It's okay. Whoa. Like, I respect it. But wow. like, 
I'm like, well, I need to hear where this is going. <laughs> I didn't exercise all during this pandemic and I didn't lose any weight during this pandemic. Oh. And I, you know, whatever. And I'm like, again, Looking that's cut. just, it's just all how we dealt with it. I didn't have time to do that. Like I'm homeschooling four kids. I, oh, I listen, listen, yeah. I had to, otherwise I would have had an emotional breakdown. <laughs> and that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, let's not look at all this and that like, right. we have such a tendency to turn other people's stuff into shaming for ourselves, yeah. which is so not what it is. No, right. It's not. That's right. But whatever you've seen in the last 11 months has been survival. That's what yes. it has been, you know? So you don't have to feel bad for not learning a new skill. Somebody did that because they needed it to survive, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And, and, um, and I just, I just wrote an article about this, this idea also that, um, it's okay if during this time doing what you needed to do to survive, you realize that you, and we talked about this, you don't want to go back to doing life the way you did it before this thing happened. That's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> have the, have the tough conversations with the people in your life and say like, no, don't want to do that again. Don't want to go back to the, you know, pedal to the metal sort of stress we've been living. I don't want to do that. Um, and I, and I think a lot of people are, uh, a year in come into that realization and struggling with it because there's, I think there's also some, some guilt around like, does that, am I trying to say that my life before was, was bad, right. you know? And, and that's not what we're saying. What we're saying was the life before was what it was. And this thing happened and it changed us. Yes. And now it's okay to say, I don't, I don't want to go back to that. That's okay. And if you just blindly go back to that, you know, I mean, if there's anything that we can really spend the time in this Lent season is, truly letting letting go of this idea that anything has to be a certain way. Yeah. And that's and that that's exactly it that I I really want to point out that it's okay to just be so done and desperate to get back to whatever and feel this dread of mm -hmm. I'm not ready, right? Yeah. And, yes. and both of those are fine. Both of those, right? But let's let's take this season. This is kind of where I am personally. I'm going to take this season and I'm going to dig a little harder into that dread. I know what the other's about. I know what the getting back to normal is about. I get it. I respect it. I love it. Let's dig into a little bit of that dread and let me listen for the voice of God in that. Mm. It's saying there's something about your life before that you didn't love. And let's talk about that right? Yeah. Um, so just to sit in it for a while. And that's this season is really coming at a time when we can do that, you know, and then we're going to be able to be outside again someday. I mean, it's still a pandemic. What else you got to do? Right? What else you got to do? <laughs> Come on. Like, we've been, by the way, we've been binging Luther again, because you know, oh, I love me some Luther. We've been through everything else. And like, I was like, I need to stop for a while because my dreams are really messed up. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, we got to talk about that in the post show. <laughs> All right. Have you, have you watched Lupin on, on Netflix? No, I need to. Oh, so, so watch All right, Lupin. Let's, have, let's, let's uh, pause this. If you want to hear our post show discussions, you can become a patron. <laughs> there you go. All about it. Exactly right. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can, of course, show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. 
get access to extended interviews with special guests. You can listen to pre and of course the post-show banter. Visit patreon.com slash PT live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. You can listen anytime to the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. You can watch us live on Tuesdays on Facebook around 4.45 p.m. Eastern. And if you'd like to start or find a Pub Theology conversation group near you, visit pubtheology.com. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I'm still conscious of it, but I can't help myself. I really did miss it. I was like, oh, conversations. (laughs) So you have to watch. (laughs) We we know. So on Netflix, uh, it's a French, it's a French series. So it's a Lupin, uh, but it's, it's about um, this guy who's a thief and, and more of a a moral thief, if you will. And is it present time or? Yes, it's present time. And he's a big tall like just like attractive black man who is like a master of disguise and you know i'm trying to clear his father's name and that's all i'll say about it but it's it's really really good um i highly highly recommend it um there's voiceovers or you can read subtitles if you want but, but watch it nice i just saw that it was up there with bridgerton and uh whatever the chess show was Oh, uh, Queen's Queen's Gambit. Gambit. That was so yeah. good. It was so good. So yeah, Lupin is one of the most. Yeah, that's like top. And Lupin top is watch right up there. Series. Yeah. It's very good. I I highly recommend. <laughs>